Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Well, the 53-man roster is now set. So on this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I preview the 2022 NFL season. But first, Joe, we need to talk about the choir huddle tribute to Len Dawson before the Packers game. Now, Andy Reid said it was Clark Hunt's idea, though a tweet from the Hunt Sports Group attributed team historian uh, Bob Moore, someone I know you know well, Joe, went with the idea. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. It was a, it was the perfect tribute, right? It, it wasn't over the top, um, you know, because I, I, I know there was – I had heard some rumblings of possibly Patrick wearing Len's number for a game or doing something like along those lines. But, you know, that's a no-win situation because if Patrick doesn't play well and, you know, they lose or something or he gets hurt and he's wearing Len's jersey number, like that just – that wouldn't fly. So I, I just, I kept thinking about the things that they could do to honor Len. And I just thought that was perfect because it was, it's iconic, right? I mean, that huddle is just, there's so many pictures online and, and for people who, you know, Google back to those, uh, to those days, you'll see you type in Len Dawson and you know, that, that choir huddle, picture shows up in like probably more than 50% that and Len smoking a cigarette and drinking a fresca at halftime. I mean, that like, to me, that's the icon. And I don't think Patrick was going to be able to do that. Like, I don't think they could recreate, (laughs) they could recreate that, you know, and uh, which I'm sure Len probably would have loved, you know, God rest his soul. He probably would have loved that if, if they could have recreated that because it was that too was iconic. Uh, but I thought it was a great way to honor his memory, and and it was just because uh, it brought the whole team in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just Patrick. It wasn't just focused on the quarterback position. It was really focused on the whole team and and what impact Len had on on the team and the Chiefs organization and the city itself. So I it just really embodied everything. I thought it was perfect. It was a perfect I, touch. I thought it was perfect too. Two cool nuggets that listeners uh, out there might not be aware of. Everybody knows that Patrick Mahomes only he didn't take a snap. He was only in for that. But so was Travis Kelsey. He didn't play. He was actually in that huddle, didn't take a snap the rest of the game. He wanted to be in there. And then the other cool thing was obviously a delay of game penalty, which the Packers um, obviously declined. They talked about before the game. But the ref actually called the penalty on number 16, not number 15. Isn't that cool? Like uh, That's awesome. That was a nice – Nice touch. Joe, have you ever been in one of those old school choir huddles or were, was every huddle you were in this typical more circular huddle? No, our, my, my um, high school huddle was choir. Okay. And my college uh, was a front choir. So it wasn't the reverse choir. Like where, you know, the, the Len was like looking at the team and uh-huh. the team's back was to the offense or to the defense. Our, the, ours were where the offensive line was behind the receivers and 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 the quarterback was actually facing us away from the, the defense if that makes sense if you can if you can gotcha. envision that yeah so both high school and college we were we were choir huddle and we were also choir huddle with the Birmingham fire interesting um, 
Yeah, and we were we were only a five yard huddle. Uh, we you know Chan, Chan Gailey was our head coach, and called you know most of our plays. He he did a we did a five yard choir huddle because we did a lot of hurry up offense. So we were we were uh, close to the ball, uh, which was interesting. And um, you know it's almost like you could hear the defense talking, they could hear you talking, but we didn't care about it. But yeah, so I've been in in three different choir huddles. Uh, uh, the Birmingham Fire, uh, my high school huddle, and my college huddle were all were all choir. Very interesting because I had thought it was such a neat tribute. I thought it was such an antiquated thing, but you know, more, more recent, more, more places use it than, than. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and the high school that I coached at, and just you know, just to kind of a little touch on a little side nugget on on the choir huddle, I actually preferred it for the team because you got a look at the at the defensive front. And you could see where they were going to line up. They were going to line up, and who, what personnel was in. Now the quarterback couldn't see because they were had their back to the defense. But as an offensive lineman, I loved the choir huddle facing the other team because it was great to be able to see what personnel was there, who was going to be lined up in the position. Generally, and of course they, sh- of course they would shift with strength, right? If you line the tight up on the right, they might flip, you know, they might flip the strength of their defense based on where the tight end was or whatever. But you know, it was at least nice to see who was out there and get a feel for what what was coming uh, in the play ahead. Which you know, sometimes when you're in that circle huddle, you just all of a sudden you're blind, and then all of a sudden, boom, you come out and there's the defense. So actually, I thought it was a, a really good thing. Now the the Chiefs choir huddle was odd because you know nobody could see. Len was behind mm-hmm. the, the team. The team had their you know the offensive group had their back to the defense. So that was an interesting choir huddle to say the <laughs> least. An interesting strategy, but hey, it worked yeah. for them. Len had a lot of success with it. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, a lot to break down on this pod. We'll talk about the 53-man roster and give our, our predictions for the season. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, we'll talk about odds and predictions, uh, but first, Joe. The 53-man roster is now set. Um, any surprises for you? Well, yeah. I mean, I I got a couple of things wrong, and I'll be I I can I can admit you know when I was wrong. I'm I'm no pride in 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 being uh, incorrect on some predictions and things. I I I one of the surprising things for me. I didn't think they were going to keep three quarterbacks. I, I I figured with Chad, you know, with the big contract he had, but you know, I I think they liked the way Bichelle, you know, really. Uh, really plays. And I uh-huh. think they, they see that as a, as a real nice insurance policy. It's, it's a luxury to keep, you know, to keep three QBs like that when, you know, you could always pick up a third quarterback, but I think Andy and Eric like having the fact that they have three quarterbacks who know the offense. So kudos to them for that. I, I didn't think that was going to happen because I thought they had needs in other places. Um, I thought for a minute, maybe they would keep six formal air quote wide receivers, but I know that, the Jody Fortson thing is obviously he's like a hybrid. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that gives them the six air quote again, receivers that they need, even though he is kind of listed informally 
um, a tight end. Um, you know, I was, I was, in, you and I have talked a lot about, about some of the, uh, you know, about some of the guys, uh, over the, over the years, over the last year or so, um, which are, which were some surprises. Um, you know, I thought, I thought the Doris Fountain thing was, you know, that was a tough, that's a tough cut. Um, you know, and obviously Justin Watson did everything he could to, to make sure that he had, uh, you know, secured his spot. He was amazing right through, through the off season and through the season. So I think he really, he pushed a lot of people out. I mean, he, he forced Josh Gordon's uh, hand. Um, and I think Justin made a real name for himself. So I think that was, uh, you know, wide receiver was where you and I said was going to be some of the toughest battles. And we knew that going in right with the big signings of Juju and MVS, um, the, the draft pick of Sky Moore, McColl coming back, you know, you got Justin Watson, um, you know, Doris ha- had had that same special teams feeling that, you know, Justin's probably going to bring to the table. So, you know, that was an interesting one. I think, you know, Cornell Powell probably make it back to the practice squad. He's somebody you and I have talked about. So I think wide receiver was the battle that we needed. It got, it's got, you know, we got the best five out there. And if you count Jody Fortson, then, you know, we got six really fantastic wide receiver, right? Putting Jody in that, in that category, along with our, our three other formal tight ends, uh, technically four, if you include Jody, I think it just, it just, it solidifies the passing game. So I'm, I'm excited about that there. Um, you know, on the offensive line, we knew there was going to be a battle. I think Austin Ryder was a tough, you know, that's a tough one, right? That, Given the that's fact the that one he, Joe that really surprised me, uh, offensively, like we were talking, uh, last pot, how the concern was, offensive line depth, but we felt a little bit better about the offensive line interior depth to Allegretti and Ryder. So yeah, that, that, that surprised me. Yeah. They're putting a lot of, putting a lot of stock in Nick and, mm-hmm. and, you he know, can play center. Yeah. And he can play center. He can play guard. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a heavy load to carry, you know, to be the only one technically really uh, as, as a backup to the inside. Cause he, he really is. If you really think about it, uh, he's really the only one, that can back up all three of those positions, you know, Jaron and Darian are, you know, and Prince. And of course you've got, you know, Lucas on, on the, on the pup list or, or, or however they've classified him. But, you know, he's really the only interior guy. And then you get this slew of tackles. Right. And, and I guess, I, I mean, I haven't heard of anybody taking any reps, I guess maybe the Andrew Wiley taking some reps at guard throughout camp. Remember Andy mm-hmm. had mentioned that a couple of times that should have been a, the writing on the wall, maybe for a guy like Austin Ryder, or if fans were really digging between and reading between the lines um, with Austin, right. Uh, with uh, Andrew Wiley taking, taking snaps at guard, even though he's, he's, you know, go, he was going into the season as the starting right tackle. That probably should have sent a message to Austin Ryder that it might have been, yeah. you know, time for him, because that that's you know that's something they could do if if things got a little hairy, you know, they'd have to uh, they probably would be better off, you know, if Nick had to jump in for say Joe Thune, and then you know say Trey Smith had gets banged up or something or he misses a game, you know, you move Andrew and Nick inside, and then you're probably better off moving one of those tackles in than trying to go out and find another guard or something like that. So I guess they must feel pretty comfortable. I I'm, I'm not as uh, you know, I'm, it's not that I don't believe in this line for the, cause the front five are as good as any, I'd match them up against anybody in the NFL. I really do. I think this offensive line is going to take this team to new heights, take this offense to new heights this year, but I just don't feel as good about 
the backups yeah, the depth. that I did in the past, like last yeah. season, the depth. You and I talked about it ad nauseum, right? Like it was, it, it was they had basically two starting lines. Um, I don't feel that way this year. They're putting a lot of eggs in the front five basket. So th- those are some of the, you know, some of the things that I. Oh, Ronald Jones was another one. I, I got that wrong. Um, you know, I, I, I admit it. I, I didn't think. I thought they would go with, you know, Clyde, uh, Jarek McKinnon and, and Isaiah since he kind of had that like, you know, kind of like they had everybody had that love affair with him, you know, mm-hmm. during this camp. And I just felt like, um, you know, Ronald might be the odd person out. And, 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 and you, you know, you made a great point, Jeff, about about some of the injuries and stuff that kind of forced him in. with. Yeah, I think that Derek Gore, I think they were. Like I think it was going to be Gore, or Ronald Jones. Neither of those. Ronald Jones played really well in the final game, but neither of those guys had a great preseason, a great camp. But I think Gore, um, he had that bad fumble, and, and most significantly, he obviously got hurt. So he was an injury settlement guy. And I think, you know, Jones just got in over him. Um, yeah. yeah. And Joe, your your points agree that the, yeah, I think it's going to be a very good offensive line, one of the best in football, but top heavy, very very good. I think not that much depth. I think Allegretti is kind of going to be the sixth man. If anyone goes down kind of anywhere in the interior, he's going to be the guy. And I think if any of the tackles go down, I think they're going to the move. Like if Orlando Brown got hurt, I think Dooney comes and plays left tackle. And I think Allegretti is kind of going to be that sixth man. And then Dooney is going to be like, I think the maybe the backup tackle, you know, yeah, and then they could bring Allegretti in. I was yeah. actually, what, what surprised me the most, I think was on the other side of the line. Um, Taylor Stallworth really flashed. I, he was a guy that like um, when I was watching games, he was making plays. He was uh, batting balls down as, as a defensive tackle. And I thought Danny Shelton, like I thought it still really um, were a smart move by Brett Veach to take a flyer on a former first round pick, a high pick. Uh, I thought he was going to stick around as just a, a run stuffer. I was surprised that, that, that he didn't make the team. Yeah, yeah, Jeff. I, I, I was just about to say I was going to make that one comment because I want to hear. I, of course, wanted to hear what your thoughts were too, as the listeners will as well. Um, I thought I was surprised at the at the lack of of numbers. I thought they'd keep one more defensive tackle. I mean, they're carrying six defensive ends, and and I, I see the I, I see the bright spots in, in all six that they kept, um, and I just. You know, defensive tackle man is tough. It's a tough spot to play. You need to rotate those guys wow. through. They take a beating. You know, I mean, defensive ends, of course. You know, they're they're getting chipped by running backs and 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 tight ends are staying in and blocking and double teaming here and there. But I'll tell you, when you're out on an island like that at defensive end, you know, you can play out in space and you're not you're not getting you know beat up. Those defensive tackles are getting hammered. Sometimes triple teams. You know, you got sometimes you got you got two the, the two guards and the center working on you. And or you have like a you have a scoop block where the guard and this and the tackle work together if the ball's going to the opposite side. You know, there's just you're constantly as a tackle getting double teamed. You're getting cut off by tackles and guards who are, you know, zone blocking. And it, it is it is tiring as all get out. Um, and I get rushing the passer. You need to rotate through and everything. But I was really surprised that they they right now only have the four solid DTs. I I, I thought they would keep one more defensive tackle and go with an even maybe just an even five at each position. You know, five DNs and five DTs. Um, so that was that was uh, that was interesting for me. That was my own. That was really my only 
comment on the defense. Um, I know, I know they're a little light uh, at linebacker right now, but you know, I think they'll 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 do some roster maneuvering and things. I'm sure. You know, I to, think to Elijah Lee is going to end up really making the roster. They have some injury stuff. I think he is going to. And again, you know, they they often. I think the majority, vast majority of their downs are going to be with two linebackers anyhow. So, you know, they, they probably don't need to, and they have two linebackers they, they really like and Gay and Bolton. So, I, you know, you don't need as many, as much quantity there. But yeah. with, with with the rosters now set, the Chiefs and everywhere else, are you still going, you know, we had to do this teaser earlier for Believe, uh, earlier in the offseason where we made our Super Bowl predictions. And you went with the, Joe Valerio Bowl, the two teams you played for. Are you still going Rams Chiefs? Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't see, you know, um, I don't see anything changing, you know. Um, I don't see, I don't really see a whole lot, you know, there wasn't like, I don't think there was. Um, no huge injuries or anything. Yeah, Family yeah, like, it's, you know, like, you know, like Tom Brady didn't, you know, get hurt at camp and the Bucks are out and, you know. Matthew Stafford, everybody, everybody, you know, if this is what the NFL wanted, then, you know, this is, this is what, you know, this is what they're, uh, you know, this is what they got. Like with, with this kind of, we'll call it later preseason slash, you know, preseason games and things. This, this is definitely, I think what they, what they wanted, um, you know, mostly really every, like you said, everybody, no, I can't really think of any major holes on any teams right now that, you know, people are worried about like, Oh, we lost this player. We lost that player. Um, I think everybody's going into, to, you know, opening day pretty healthy. Um, and I think, you know, I think the, the class of the, the AFC still in my mind are the chiefs. I, I really do. Um, but I, you know, I gotta say, I, I, I think the bills obviously are going to, are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Cause they've just, you know, they just they're good. They have a lot of talent. The Chargers, you know, I I think that you know we could see some major AFC West battles going. And um, you know, I think you got I think you got the Rams, the Packers, and and of course you know of course Tom Brady and the yeah, Bucks, yeah, right? Brady. I think are kind of the class of the NFC. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, real exciting play to kick this season off. And um, again, I know we've really beat this thing to a pulp, but um, I, you know, I really think that the chiefs opening eight, this tough row they have to hoe is uh, man. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge to see how they come out of this. And and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how, if they can step up to the challenge, cause if they can, then, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be smooth sailing, but, it's definitely going to set them up for for success if they can come out of these games. One you know, of their they... favorite sayings, team saying, is "iron sharpens iron," and that would be the case uh, with their daunting schedule. Joe, I, I like how you broke down the AFC and NFC. I'm going to piggyback on that. Yeah, I think it's very different. I think the NFC, you really, you have kind of these power, these heavyweights, and then there's a lot of mediocrity in the NFC. The AFC, man, like I think so loaded there are so many teams who can win it all including the chiefs i think kind of going division by division i think the bills i think the ravens i think the bengals who you know they could have a super bowl hangover but on paper their team they return everybody they got a little bit older and they and they fortified that offensive line which was such a problem so they should be better so i think those three teams the bills the ravens the bengals you know i there's a little bit of a sleeper but I, i'm always 
high on the Colts, probably higher than I should be. And then I look at the the AFC West is 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 so loaded that um, you know, I I almost any team, maybe not totally so on the Raiders, but a, maybe any one of those teams could go to the Super Bowl and win it. So we're talking, I mean, I think that AFC is is so loaded that it's is really tough to predict. And I think the Chiefs have as good a shot as anyone. I probably take the field just because again, it's so loaded and the Chiefs have a tough schedule. And then my prediction is actually going to be whether or not the Chiefs uh, go to the Super Bowl. I think five, they've only played in home playoff games and they've hosted the AFC Championship game incredibly every year that Mahomes has been a starter. I think this year, whether they make it that far or not, I think it's actually going to be on the road. Not necessarily a knock on the Chiefs, but I think just their schedule in the, in the division and, and how many tough AFC teams there are. Well, that's it. That's it. Do, I mean, do you we, agree we, with that, Joe? You think uh, that you uh, have the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, winning it all, but do you think they go through Arrowhead this year? Um, you know, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. I mean, I mean, there there could be there could be the chance, okay? And and this is going to sound like a crazy thing because I, I believe they can win the Super Bowl. I think they have the talent on paper. They have the game plan. They've got the the championship DNA. All those things that we talk about that give you the momentum um to 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 succeed but i'm telling you they may not win the afc west like yeah. that's like wow. that's the craziest part because i i mean these teams are going to be it's going to be a heavyweight slugfest every single game in the afc when you look number one when you look at the chief schedule and and i think it's going to be um you know i the the, the thing is, is i think you could come out of the AFC West and win the Super Bowl because it's so loaded, I think, and there's such parity there. The the crazy thing is 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 that that team might win the Super Bowl, but the, the it may not go through them um, because I think they're going to beat the heck out of each other all season, and I think there is going to be you know they could be splitting the whole the whole division could split right, so they could all split games with each other, and that gives you know that gives the you know the Chiefs right there off the bat. You know that gives them that would give them three losses, right? If they split with each of the AFC West teams, which is very possible. And mm-hmm. I'm not I'm, I'm not saying it as a, as because I'm being disparaging or critical of the Chiefs. No, it's no just it's just yeah. it's just going to be tough. They're all good. They all have solid quarterbacks. The Broncos have to see what Russell Wilson can do. You know, we got we got decent. You know, Derek Carr. You know, Justin Herbert. I mean, like the AFC West is going to be a battle to come out of that and win that division. And, and the chiefs could split and with each team. So th- there's three losses right there. If they, if they split with the AFC West and then you look at the rest of their schedule. So I just, my, that's a fear of mine actually, is that, is that as much, cause I love the AFC West. I just have such a passion for the AFC West is that, is that, you know, it's such a good division. It's actually going to work to their detriment because whoever wins the AFC West might not actually have home field throughout. Right. Um, that's actually probably, I think, a really good chance that that it's not because you look at some of the other you know divisions and you're like, oh, I could see somebody, you know, I could see the Bills taking home field throughout. Right. I mean, you know, eh, the Dolphins have done some things to improve. Obviously, of course, Tyreek Hill's there. You know, we'll see what Bill Belichick can pull out of his hat, and and the Jets are just going to be the Jets. And those, like, you know, those are two other teams that are real. I I didn't mention them as my Super Bowl uh, prediction, but those are two other teams that you know never can rule out Belichick. And the Dolphins already had a pretty good defense, and and now have some weapons. Joe, you're going to like this 
this comp, I was on a conference call on, on Tuesday with the, the CBS crew and they were talking about the division. Um, and they're, by the way, they still think very, you know, they, they do so many chiefs games and they're, they were, they were very confident in the chiefs and thought that despite the changes losing Hill, they're still very confident in them. They were also very high on the chargers, but what I was getting at, you're going to like this comp. Tony Romo likened the AFC West right now to the NFC East of the early nineties, where just every, they beat each other up. And a lot of, you know, your, your Eagles were a really good team, but they never really made it that far just because they had so much competition in the division. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, you know, back then, I mean, you know, the, the, the and there, there was such great rivalries, right. Cause you know, you had, you had Washington to the South of Philadelphia, you had the giants just to the North, you know, of course you had, you know, you had the Cowboys. I mean, there was, it was, it was a loaded division. I mean, um, it always has been, you know, it's always been a rough and tumble, you know, the NFC's always been, you know, a division that, uh, you know, has put out really good teams. And um, so I, you're right. That's our, I think Tony Romo's analysis it's, is great. And, and that's a great analogy of likening this AFC West to the old NFC East of the nineties. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, that's a really good uh, comparison because it's, it's very similar um, because those teams would always, they'd give everybody trouble, but then they would beat each other up so much that, you know, they'd be limp. I used to call it limping into the playoffs. Um, and that's the what nice, I just uh, nice thing though the, for for Chiefs fans is they did beat each other up. The, you know, the Giants won a couple of Super Bowls, Cowboys won three, uh, the then Redskins won. So you know there is hopefully that that's a less and things were a little bit more uh, physical back then. Joe, this is my hot take that everyone I think most people if if a team had if there had to be consensus, it's the Bills. Uh, and while they're nationally, and while they're really good, and I think they have a really good chance, I think they're slightly overrated. I think they have too much on, he's great, but too much on Josh Allen's plate, that they don't have enough running game. And if he's just not perfect running the ball and throwing the ball, you know, I think that's too much on them. I think there's a little bit of a recency bias. They looked so amazing in the playoffs. The scoring on every possession against the Patriots, they're, you know, what they what they did uh, against the Chiefs is really impressive. But not enough good enough, not a enough of a running game. I I don't know about their pass rush. Von Miller they added, but he's you know he's he's not a young man. It's not going to be going a ton of reps. Um, and then also in Traverius White, their best cornerback is on the pup list. They lost another corner, Levi Wallace, the Steelers. I don't know about their secondary either. So I'm that that's my hot take um, uh, as far as predictions for. Uh, I, I love it, Jeff. I'd love, I'd love to see that happen. And, and, you know, I, our listeners will be happy to know that I'm, I'm not doing fantasy this year. I won't have to pull for Josh Allen or any other player uh, that's not a chief or, you know, at this point or, you know, and, and rooting for my hometown Eagles, uh, you know, when, when they're not playing uh, an AFC uh, team, but um, you know, the, uh, you know, I, I mean, Vegas, obviously, you know, I was checking the Vegas lines and, you know, people, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are betting on the bills. I mean, yeah. I, I think a lot that of people seems think to be that the, right. The... seem to, you know, and then of course everybody thinks it could be Brady swan song. Who knows? We'll play at least 50, but you know, they, they feel like the bucks have done some things and you can't count Aaron Rodgers out from the, from the NFC. So, you know, maybe, maybe my prediction of the Rams might be a little bit of a stretch. I just feel like, I don't know. They just have, just feel like they got a lot of momentum going. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty solid, 
season they had last year, and it's a lot to build on. Again, and they it's added hard to, Allen Robinson. They added Bobby Wagner. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a really good team. It's hard to repeat, though, Jeff, as you yeah. know. I mean, the right. last team to do it, yeah. right? We talked about this before. Is the was the Patriots in what two thousand and uh, what year was that? Oh God, now I can't believe I can't remember. But in the, five. I think that's right. Five, I think it's, something like that. Something right? like that. Yeah. So it's it, we're going on, you know, a decade and a half bef- since a team has has done the repeat. As good as some of those dynasty Patriot teams were, you know, and, and as 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 good as some dynasties have been in the in the in the recent decade, it's hard to repeat, man. It's really hard. It, you, you throw all those factors in health, you know, uh, you know, schedule um you know game planning and you throw it all in it's it's really really hard to to win back to back so i don't know i don't know about the rams if they can if they can pull it off but you know um i i it's it's those are definitely the the i think vegas has the the top teams right you know i think they the bills the bucks the pack you know the the chiefs the rams chargers are up there i I think they have the right core of teams that, that will do it i think just a matter of 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 who can stay healthiest and uh, word from our statistician, it's 2003, 2004. That was it. Last, yeah. Those seasons that the Patriots. Yeah. Um, so that was, a, that was, I was close. I was like, very a close. year or two off. But, uh, you know, I, I just think um, it's just so hard. It's so hard to do. <laughs> you know, oh my God. Think so about, you think about some of those great teams and, you know, and, uh, you know, but I, but I think the core of where Vegas has is, 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 is I don't think there's going to be, I don't think there's going to be any. Who was that? Who was that uh, premier soccer league team that was a five thousand Leicester City? I guess Leicester or remember that several years ago where there was a there you was know, a, my they soccer were, knowledge begins. Yeah, I, I follow the I follow a little Joe. bit of, of, of <laughs> who premier would you league. got me into that show, but that's that's where my yeah yeah I follow Premier League and uh, you know it was Leicester who you know several years ago um, you know were five thousand to one odds to win and you know of course there was the stories of the you know, the Leicester city, you know, the old guy in the neighbor, in the neighborhood there that, you know, put he, every year he would put a hundred dollars on the team, just put the hundred dollars, didn't care what the odds were. And then that one year, you know, he ends up, you know, he ends up, uh, you know, uh, winning, you know, you know, half a million dollars, uh, because he, because he did it. So, um, that's you why know, you got to go to bet online. You know, you never. That's right. Got to go to bet online, and you never know. But I, I don't see. I don't really think there's going to be a long shot out there that's going to, you know, that's going to. Yeah. It's really going to like come out of out of nowhere, unless of course there's crazy injuries or something, and you know something happens. But I think it's going to be one of those core teams that you see at the top of the of the bet online groupings from from the Vegas odds. I do think, though, that there's – I agree with that. I also think, again, there's so much parity in the AFC, it's hard to predict. I'm I'm going to go with the, the pick that I originally made. I have no confidence in it, but I made it already, and I'm going to double down. <laughs> I think that trend of you had Tom Brady, big at quarterback acquisition, winning it for the Bucks, and then you had another big quarterback acquisition, Matt Stafford, winning it all for the Rams. I'm going to go – Russell Wilson, the Broncos against the Packers, who despite losing Devontae Adams have really good defense. But fortunately, Joe, the fact that I know Chiefs fans initially 
are, are going to hate this prediction, but it's really a good thing. If I'm predicting it, there's probably no way that this is going to come yeah. through. So Chiefs fans, <laughs> yeah, the rival Broncos probably aren't going to go. But uh, Wow, Jeff, the level of confidence there <laughs> no is uh, confidence. Yeah, no it's confidence. amazing. <laughs> so you, you like you predicted it, but you don't want it to come true uh, and you don't think it will. So you're, 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 you're telling, it's kind of like you're the person, right? That you, when you, you're the one, when you carry the umbrella, it doesn't rain. Right. <laughs> that's, so, that's, that's my life, so, Joe. Yeah, so we we'll, we'll have you to thank when the Chiefs are hoisting the the Vince exactly. Lombardi Trophy is that you predicted that that it was going to be the Broncos. So so I love it. So we'll have you to thank for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.